Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogie. Okay, episode 16 of the Rising Champions podcast. I'm Kyle Bogey. We got Dr. Jason Nefetsky of the Champion Mindset Group uh, with us as well. And uh, yet again, another, I think, really exciting interview that, that we're going to get to here in just a little bit, Doc. Uh, another hockey player as well. We've been heavy on hockey and, uh, and golf. Um, but well, it's Michigan. It's a, it's a hockey state. There, there's no doubt. And it's a golf state, uh, as we're, yeah. uh, we're, we're certainly learning here, uh, especially recently. But uh, Bobby Metz going to be joining us uh, off to play in the NAHL. Uh, also just got done, you know, playing uh, in prep school. And uh, mm-hmm. he already has his plans figured out uh, for post-NAHL. So uh, a lot to get to with him. We'll, we'll touch on that and kind of preview it um, in, in just a few minutes. But, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I, I, I've just noticed in the sporting world the last – you know, few days, the last couple of weeks has been the uptick in mental errors, like, like things that are just taken for granted that you have done thousands and thousands and thousands of times that you just flat out forget about. And two instances really jumped to mind. One was John Rahm final round of the BMW mm-hmm. championship, which I, I would have never been able to hit those putts. I don't know about you. Yes, yeah, I, I think they're even surprised they hit those spots. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would totally agree. And so was the rest of the world. But yeah. it was early on in his uh, in his tournament. John Rahm hits a ball on the green. It, it's sitting there. He just goes up to the ball before marking it and just picks it up. Yeah, and he immediately realizes. Oh, oh no! I, I didn't put the mark down. Yeah. Has to call the you know a, a tour you know tournament professional or whatever over. Yep. They come look at it, assess him a you know penalty, and fortunately he was able to make up for it, so it didn't ultimately matter. And then another instance, Kale McCarr, uh, the wonderful defenseman of the Colorado Avalanche, a play that he makes behind the net a million times and the puck just bounces awkwardly off his stick. He puts it right in front of the net. Bam. The stars end up scoring, take a five, two lead and the abs lose five, four. So that goal was absolutely wow. critical. Yeah, sure was. But th- those tiny little mental errors, I-, I just, I marvel at them because they're so simple and-, and you almost don't have to think about them. But when it happens, th- there has to be that moment of, uh, Oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. But it immediately has to transition to you got to let it go. You got to forget about it. You got to move on. And you yeah. saw that in a big way, especially with John Rahm. Yeah. I mean, you, you've heard the old adage in sports over and over. You got to have a short memory, you know, for mistakes. And and both those guys know they're great players. So it's not a, a habit of making those kind of mental errors with those particular players that you brought up. Uh, but certainly, you know, we get distracted. Uh, but when it comes to that, it's all about how you're going to respond to those mistakes and to those mental errors. So clearly John Rahm responded incredibly well. And I'm sure, you know, the defenseman there is going to, is going to respond well down the road in his career. And, you know, and Bobby will bring that up in the interview about how you just got to be confident in yourself and know you're a good player and, and just move on. But if you decide to dwell on a mistake like that, that's where a lot of athletes can get into trouble. And that does come up a lot of time with young athletes. Uh, they, they really, um, overemphasize those mental errors and they have a hard time letting it go. And then that's going to continue on for the rest of their game or the rest of the season. In some cases, I've almost chalked it up to 
a situation where these guys are so good that and so locked in that they don't even spend time thinking about the simple stuff, you know? And, yeah. and that's not to say that, you know, you, you forget about the fundamentals. You don't worry about any of that stuff, but y- you just, y- it's like breathing for them. You know, some yeah. of the things that they just do and they don't even have to think about it, it almost, you just get to a point where you're so good. You're so talented. You've done it over and over and over again. I don't even know if it's a mental lapse as much as it's just, it's so routine, you know, you're not even thinking about it. Yeah. It's interesting as you're speaking about it, I'm thinking in golf, you know, there's often times where you're playing in a practice round or you're playing a casual round with your friends and like the quote rules are a little different sometimes, right? You might just bend <laughs> over, pick it up, put it back down, mark it, you know, all right, I'm not going to have to like get a coin out or something. It's just me and my buddies, but it's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Something <laughs> yeah. like that. But yeah. you know, maybe just for that split second, John Rahm forgot kind of where he was. Or he maybe he was thinking ahead and just kind of lost track of the present moment. But clearly he was uh, had the mental fortitude to come back. And, um, you know, he's a fiery guy. He does have sometimes some trouble handling his temper in terms of the mental game. But uh, he's getting better and better at it. And it's starting to show up in his play. Real quick, we, uh, we, we touch on pressure as well um, coming up with Bobby. And I, I thought a part of the BMW championship, the final round, Mackenzie Hughes was the story that got overlooked because of the incredible putts of Dustin Johnson and John Rahm. But Hughes on 18 needed to par to be able to get into the top 30 and qualify for the tour championship for the first time in his entire career. And, of course, his approach shot finds the greenside bunker, short-sided himself. He has to hit. Uh, great bunker shots, short side, and get up and down for a par to get into that top 30. You talk about dealing with pressure. And he was able to do it, by the way. Hit a shot, yeah. to, I think, like four feet, pressure putt. It was moving a little right to left, just tucked it into the cup. I, I couldn't even imagine, you know, that feeling for him on 18 trying to get that done. You know, you can almost take two different perspectives from that. You know, you walk up to a shot like that and you're like, all right, let's just let it rip. Just let my talents take over, go up there and see what I got. That's all I can do. Or you really grind, right? And you just focus on, all right, what do I need to do to get this shot close? And you really stay focused on the fundamentals of a good bunker shot. And then obviously uh, a slippery putt there as well. So good for him. I mean, to, to handle that under pressure like that is huge. And, you know, I don't know what his chances are to win the whole thing, being the last guy in, but hey, he's in. He's in, he gets a That's chance to win a lot of money. Yeah. 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 Oh, 100%. And you thought yeah. he was under pressure? Can't imagine yeah. what his family was feeling back home yeah, right. uh, watching that situation. Yeah, uh, right. Although I'm sure they might have had a few cocktails to temper their nerves. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Doc, I want to get to Bobby. Sure. A great conversation. A kid who just seems to get it on and off the ice and I think has a big, big future. Um, you know, once his hockey career ultimately comes to an end as well, it seems like he's setting himself up. So uh, without further ado, let, let's go ahead and get to the uh, the interview here with Bobby Metz, uh, a young hockey player off to, uh, you know, play juniors. And uh, again, I, I think a lot beyond that. So as we said, uh, thrilled to have uh, hockey player Bobby Metz uh, on the Rising Champions podcast. This again is uh, episode 16 alongside uh, Jason Ovetsky. I'm Kyle Bogey. And uh, Bobby, uh, excited to talk a little hockey, a little puck. Um, you know, I know you got big things going on uh, in your future, but I-, I wanted to start with something that I saw the other night um, in the NHL playoffs. You've been watching a little bubble hockey? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So the Avs were uh, playing what it was game four, I believe. So it was technically uh, on Sunday and they were trying to come back in that game against the stars. They got down three Oh, they were, you know, down, I think 
4-2 at this point, and defenseman Kale McCarr has the little miscue behind the net, and he throws the puck right in front of his goal. Dallas is able to poke it in. A major mental miscue. I, I got to believe that around your net, those things can happen. I, I, did you see the play? And I guess, has that ever happened to you? And how do you respond after something so simple like that goes wrong? No, I, I heard about that. I didn't actually see it. Um, okay. I, I, but there's stuff like that happens all the time. Uh, and sometimes the, the other team will pretend, like, call for the puck as if they're on your team. So, you know, um, you know, you got to be wary <laughs> of that. <laughs> but uh, for something like that, I mean – I think a lot of it relies on self-confidence because, like, for me looking at Cal McCarr, like, I know Cal McCarr is, is, is an unbelievable defenseman. So, like, if I'm thinking to myself, well, if I'm Cal McCarr, like, that wouldn't rattle me. I know how good I am. Like, you know, it's a simple mistake. You know what I mean? The only, the only difference is, is, like, the simple mistake here resulted in a goal. So, I think a lot of it is, like, when you build when – like, when you go through sports psychology, psychology and you build a strong self-identity and good self-confidence, you can just, you can just let it go because you know – that that's not who you are as a player. You know, if you have strong, like understanding of who you are as a player and you know, that just, that's just a fluke. You can get over it. That's the best way to just let it go. So it's, it's a lot of it. A lot of like handling that is, is like preparation in advance to the actual mistake. Kyle, and that's exactly why it's exciting to talk to someone like Bobby because he just <laughs> great start. That's uh, unbelievable, right? I mean, probably one of the most cerebral clients that I've ever worked with. I mean, Bobby and I will will talk on the phone when he was mm. in, in prep school. We'll we'll Zoom. We'll he'll pop in the office and right after a workout and things like that. So you know, it's really uh, amazing to have him on. We're really excited to have you on today, Bobby. So I want to start just kind of maybe by talking a bit, little bit about your background. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you you came in and uh, you were orig- you're originally from if I remember right, you're originally from New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then you moved uh, to Michigan when you were like 14 or 15 years old and yeah, around the time. Okay. And then you originally also were a forward when you started playing hockey and then you switched to defense, but you're more of what we call that offensive minded defenseman. Uh, He Mm -hmm. likes to put the puck in the net, Kyle. And (laughs) yeah, I try to, I'm not sure if I do. A a Tory crew crew, perhaps go ahead. Right. And uh, I think also something Kyle will like is not only when he went to prep school did he play hockey, but he also played golf uh, at, at the high school as well. And he's a renaissance man. He acted in the theater as well. <laughs> so A little bit, yeah. Yeah, but it's okay. Interested. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that because I think it really does, you know, open your mind up to thinking in different ways. And, you know, we all act out there mm-hmm. uh, as an athlete sometimes. So Bobby, tell us a little bit about your experiences going away to school and tell us a little bit about the school as well and, and what it did for your hockey career. Yeah. So, um, going away to school, uh, was, was, it was a really exciting leap, you know, at the time. Um, and it was like, at, uh, my life at home felt like it was really coming together. Like I felt like I had it all figured out. Obviously I was only 16. So like, you know, <laughs> in hindsight, which, what did I really know? Um, and then, so when I moved, moved to boarding school, it was a bit of like uh, a perspective change, you know, and in and, and, and a lot of ways, um, because like, yeah, you kind of realize that, you know, you can take, you can do your laundry and, you know, they make sure you're fed and everything, but you also kind of mentally have to manage yourself a little bit, like being a completely away from home. Like I was very independent when I was home. Cause I have two younger brothers that also play hockey. So my parents had their hands full. And as soon as I got my license, I was pretty much on my own, but being out of the house completely, it is it's very different from just being independent at home. 
And so learn, like, that was like the first challenge I really figured out is you got to man- manage yourself mentally, you know, after a bad game, you know, or there's kind of like a weird day uh, at the rank or in the classroom, being able to, to just make sure one mistake doesn't lead to two or three or four kind of thing was probably the biggest thing. Uh, but once the season, right, we, we was like, there was like an interim season. I played in a, in a club team because the prep season is only in the winter. So once, once the winter season rolls around, that's the real deal. Like the actual season, the real reason you, you go there if you're a hockey player, obviously. Um, and I had put in, uh, put in a lot of hours, you know, on the ice and off the ice to get better. And I was really, really excited. Like I moved away from home. Like I put it in all, put in like the, like the sacrifice, the commitment, like I made the leap of faith to go there. So I was really eager to show what I had. And then I ended up kind of getting in my own way because I wanted to do everything. I wanted to like, you know, just do too much simply. And, and, and that really ended up hurting my year there and kind of, making things a little bit worse because now I had to deal with maybe like kind of like getting in, getting in, not arguments, but kind of fighting with the coaching staff was, I felt like I was deserved to be on the ice. Obviously, you know, I wasn't like riding the bench entirely, but there's some positions I felt like, man, I really should be out there. Um, and do it, doing that away from home. And then like, I started to struggle in the classroom and then, you know, and then the season ends and I'm kind of, I felt like really empty handed. And so kind of, that was a huge realization that I really needed Uh, a mental coach I really needed to get into like my own head and then fix whatever was kind of driving the problems of me getting in my own way like I started with Jason uh 2018 so it was right before I left but we we did it kind of on and off Mm -hmm. but after this year away I really realized like I really need to make like to, to be able to control my thoughts and to be mentally tough and to understand that you know performance fluctuates and that was probably the a huge turning point in my game for me was, was realizing that. And that was the biggest takeaway I really got from boarding school. Yeah. Uh, it must've been really tough to go away, you know, at such a young age and, and to be independent on your own as well. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Bobby. Yeah. I mean, especially like for hockey, like going away at 16 ish, 16, 17, like that's not fairly uncommon, you know? Um, but I think, I think like, you think everyone kind of like shares in the fact that, you know, life away from home is, is just very different. Yeah. Would you say, I mean, my, uh, I was going to say my cousin drew actually just wrapped up his OHL career. So he did a similar thing um, to mm-hmm. what you did. He left home. I think he was actually 15 technically. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was gone and then obviously home again during the summer, but you know, I got to believe that it's, when you first go, it's, oh, sweet, you know, I'm away from home, I'm doing, I'm going to play hockey, you know, I'm going to do my thing. But when you do get there, you're, you realize everything that comes with that and, and maybe how, how easy you potentially had it right down to just, just listening to you talk, you know, being able to sit down at the kitchen table, you know, with uh, mom and dad, friends, you know, siblings, whomever, and just be able to vent about what's going on in the ice. And, you know, you don't have that when you're away from home. Oh yeah, absolutely not. And, and and the thing is, is you're with a bunch, you're living in a dorm with a bunch of other people who are in the same situation. So it's like, it's almost kind of <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like there's like, especially like when I first got there, there's, there's always like a few run-ins, especially when things aren't going well, like in the winter when everyone, everything's dark and it's, we're in the middle of nowhere. Like it's, people are kind of hard on each other too. So yeah, for sure. For sure. So, Bobby, some of the things we discussed, you know, had to do with mental preparation and staying focused and recovering and self-evaluation. And on that last point, I want to get into that a little bit, because something you and I did that you told me you found pretty helpful was 
kind of journaling a little bit and, yeah. you know, talking about your performance. And we, we would ask the questions, you know, after each practice or game, what went well and why, uh, what you could have done better and how, and some other things that you wrote down from time to time. Talk to us a little bit about how that helps a player, you know, evaluate and, and make progress. I think the biggest thing for me is it, it really takes away like any bias you may have. Like, like some, some like, like some thoughts are more weighted than others in your own head. So you may feel like, man, I, I was doing really well. Or man, I was really struggling out there. But then if you were to write it down and get what's in your head on paper, you can kind of see that that's like a couple things that I did it incorrectly. And, but like, because it just, it just feels so much bigger because let's say like missing a shot is maybe like an insecurity for you, you know, or, 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 or like, mishandling the puck is maybe an insecurity for you or like getting beat to something is something that you've been working on and you feel like you should have gotten it. So like being able to have an unbiased view of what you're thinking calms you down really quickly. And that's why doing it after practice and after games is so helpful. It's really interesting. I, I, I always marvel at athletes who are able to excel in pressure situations and comes along with that success is over time you have to deal with the failures in those situations you have to deal with making yeah. a big mistake that leads to a loss you have to deal with you know taking a bad penalty at a certain time whatever it may be that directly lets your team down but all of those failures ultimately directly lead to the success because you've been able to be in that situation and handle it and then the next time you overcome it is that something or is there a specific instance throughout your career where you made a mistake you know one time in a pressure situation but then the next time you had that same situation you were much more prepared and much better for it oh yeah i remember that so uh, my first year away actually we were we were in the new england championship and so we, we went up a couple goals and we're um, we were kind of playing like waiting up the clock a little bit and so, like, I get the puck at the point, and I just go to rip it in the zone. Like, I'm not, like, looking to get any out. I'm just trying to get it deep. And it hits the kid's jersey. Like, it hits, like, like the excess jersey under his arm, and it drops. And then they, they, do, they break out to a two-on-two. Two, so I get it back with my guy. My deep pointer gets his guy, and they go in and they score. And that was the last I saw of the ice that entire game. Uh, oh. I got <laughs> Yeah, I did. And, um, and so then, like, so then the year later, we we're in the, we're also, we're in the New England championships again. Um, and like, I'm, I, I'm, on, I'm on the ice doing the same thing. And then like, the mistake I made earlier was I just kind of panicked. And so like the simple thing is kind of like a good, like escape button. Like you just always oh, simple. So like what could go wrong? But then like, I, I got the, it was, it's, a, it's not like a huge play I made, but like every time I got the puck, like I was just like, I was patient and then simple. I didn't like rush it. Like I, I could actually like adapt it to the play. Uh, and then, like I was out, I was out in the final seconds when we won, when we won, ended up winning that New England championship game. So, it was, like, lost the first year, and then ultimately a championship win the second year. So, Bobby, another area that we covered uh, extensively, and I remember this specifically. I was, we were on the phone this one night. It was like in the middle of winter. You're at school, and you know we're talking, and you were struggling a little bit with something. And we talked a lot about character skills. Mm -hmm. And we talked about developing your character and some of the areas that we worked on were accountability and focus and, you know, your social life as well to make sure that you're, you know, trying to stay well-rounded and not hundred percent focus on hockey all the time and, and trying to be creative and finding mm -hmm. outlets for that and honesty, respect and all those things. And we came up with the idea of creating a personal board of directors. Yeah. 
and you know, you enlisted some people in your life. Um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you use that and how might that be helpful for other, you know, rising athletes as well? Well, I think I, I so by, by the board of directors, like I, it took me a little bit to kind of realize what that was. It's basically just like you choose people to emulate, you know what I mean? Cause I, and, and the reason it's more than one person is because, you know, you're not really going to be a clone of anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really helped me, like I said earlier, like having a, like a sense of confidence, like, and a lot of confidence is just knowing who you are. Like if, some, if a mistake happens that really is far from who you are as a person, then it, it doesn't bother you because you know, it's, it's a fluke. It's a, a, an extremely low probability. And so when you have these board of directors, it's just, you, you have people that you watch and observe, whether it be an athlete and you watch them play or like uh, maybe a political figure and you watch them speak and like what, what, what they end up doing with their careers. So you can kind of see what those actions would be like, because, you know, obviously not everyone lives the same life, but people encounter similar situations. So if you're looking, that's like, like I, I like Quinn Hughes a lot. He's a defenseman that I would, that I model. So if I watch him and he's in a pressure situation and like, and like he, and like maybe he, he makes a mistake that I, that I make frequently. I just watch how he reacts ultimately. And you know what I mean? I, I see what he does. So I can kind of have a sense of what it would look like if I was in that position or had have been, you know, for the future reference. Listening to you talk, um, I, I can see why Doc says uh, very cerebral. Um, and, and look, hockey's not going to last, you know, forever. I'm sure you, you've yeah. gotten that talk from, you know, everyone. And it's been Absolutely. impressed upon you that you have to focus on academics and, you know, the, the future outside of the rink. But I, I guess I, I'm just curious in general, um, you know, have you thought about what, what you want to do, what you're interested in or what your path might be once hockey ultimately, you know, move, moves on or you move on from it? Um, I really like entrepreneurship just because I think, I think it's the risk of it, the risk and reward of being an entrepreneur and really owning everything that you do, I think is, is incredible. Uh, be, you know, I think that the, like the prospect of me creating something that could help a lot of people is, is really, really exciting. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and obviously it's kind of easy to, to sit here and say that we don't have to pay rent or anything because most, you know, entrepreneurs, they live on razor thin margins and et cetera. So, uh, but looking beyond hockey, I, I like that. I think it kind of has a similar thrill to um, to sports almost. Obviously, it's going to be really hard. It's really not going to replicate the way it feels to play sports competitively, but similar, ballpark, I guess. Absolutely right. I mean, I think that that addiction we get from competition and, and the joy of accomplishment um, is going to pay off for you down that road in business for sure. Uh, another area I want to touch on is the preparation side of things, Bobby, because uh, you and I talked extensively about the importance yeah. of mental preparation and we, we developed what we call mental workouts, including, you know, visualization and concentration drills and things like that, uh, whether it was off the ice or in the locker room before a game. But something interesting really came up uh, during a lot of our conversations where you started to really learn about yourself and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And one of the things that came up was sometimes too much preparation is not a good thing. Yeah. Can you reflect yeah. on that a little bit for us? Cause I think a lot of athletes, you know, feel like if they don't prepare, they're not going to play well, but you found a balance. Yeah. It, I was, I was on both sides of the spectrum where I was one of those kids that got to the rank and, you know, I, I did everything possible and then I played and then I was kind of one of those kids who almost wanted to show up late because I, I wanted to do nothing before the game. Um, and what I, re- I realized, so there's this quote, I think it's Babe Ruth, but it, it's like it, an empty mind is a full bat and then a full mind is an empty bat, something like that. Basically, where 
like, I do a, a bunch of preparation, like obviously beforehand, like before you even get to the rank, like the days and months, like the, you know, the, the work you put in, mm-hmm. your practice, et cetera. And then I realized that the, the preparation you put in before the game is just fine. Like getting in a headspace. obviously you got to warm up your muscles and everything, but getting in a headspace that where you're in a position where you can rely on the reflexes you've built, where you're confident in that, like, because especially in hockey where every play is different in some capacity that you can trust yourself that if, if something offhand happens that you prepared for it you know that you're the best like you're the best man for the job like, I remember I, I used to love watching Derek Jeter grow up and my dad always used to say like he wants the ball to be hit to him every single time so get it get in the space where you want the puck you want to be in those high risk high reward situations because you you prepared for it and you've ultimately earned it stuff like that yeah no, it's interesting you mentioned over-preparing, too, because coaches will say, and this is a great, great quote, paralysis by analysis. By if you over-analyze, yeah. <laughs> you do too much, you know, you just you get in your head, and then you don't play fast. You don't react, you know, how you normally would in uh, situations mm-hmm. like that. So I, I guess moving forward here, it's definitely been a weird year um, in the sporting world and in the world in general, but um, off to, you know, the NAHL, are, are you going to be able to play this year? How exactly is that working out? That's, I mean, I guess, you know, your guess is, is as good as mine. I, I, I ultimately, um, you know, it's worth about nothing right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the North American league is, is a pretty big league. So, I mean, I guess they, I mean, as far as us, we're good to go for training camp September 9th, which awesome. is in a little over a week. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, take it day by day, you know, I mean, I'm still going to, still going to train, still going to go to the ice. There's not, not, not really much changes whether or not it gets delayed or it starts, um, in, in October, October 9th is, is our guest guesstimated, uh, start date. So, okay. Terrific. And then after that, you got some big plans after junior hockey as well. Tell us about that. Yeah. So after junior hockey, I'm going to go play at Colgate university. Uh, committed, uh thank you. Thank you awesome. earlier. <laughs> yeah. I committed earlier this year. Um, I'm super excited about it. Uh, cause it, it, it I, I, the campus has, has, has a very similar feel that I, to what I've been brought up with it. Cause it seems like, I mean, obviously, it, you know, it is a competitive school, but there's a lot of student athletes there. Um, and that's kind of, it's kind of the environment that I was raised in the people who are very serious about both athletics and academics. Obviously, you know, there are a, a bunch of other great schools out there and, and but, um, I think Colgate's going to be a really good fit for me too. That's great, Bobby. Awesome. Well, yeah. Well, best of luck. Yeah, obviously. I think we were both going to say the same thing, Doc. Um, you know, great <laughs> to be able to talk to you and, of course, have you on here on the Rising Champions podcast. Uh, we look forward to watching your progress uh, on and uh, off the ice, uh, I think, here moving forward. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Great to see you, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again next week for another episode.